1: It may be because he's Swiss, I don't know, in terms of European style. I
0: can take you to Suplex City tonight, bitch. Can you say the alphabet backwards? Well, I can rip your ass backwards. You're not funny and nobody likes you. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This is my is Wrestle WrestleRant Radio. Alright, welcome back folks. to WrestleRant Radio here today. Only five days ahead of WWE Extreme Rules, but I am not alone. Graham, Houston Matthews here alongside the returning... At Genevieve's ring rap on the Twitter, John Napolitano. How are you doing, John? I'm
1: doing well, Graham. I always love the circuit, the publicity circuit that we do. Whenever you come over, you know we do hashtag, and then we do wrestling rant. You know, it's kind of like my big uh, exposure day, I guess. You know, it's when I get the most Twitter followers when I do all this. How could you forget about the beast booking? Oh, the beast booking, sure, sure. But I meant the in, best bar in, ter- in Raw. In terms, in terms of you and I, you know, making content for your followers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that that's, you know, it's always fun though. It's always fun when we do hashtag and wrestle rant together.
0: It's been an exciting, explosive 24 hours. I oh, came sure. over at this time, a little bit, actually, officially for 24 hours as of when we we're recording this at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. Came over yesterday afternoon. We watched some WWE Network. Sure. We watched Monday Night Raw last night. Yep. Of course, as I said, most importantly, Beast booking <laughs> and SmackDown versus Raw 2007 the PlayStation 2, general manager mode. We did hashtag Ask over two hours, and we talked a lot about the current standing in WWE, NXT, Adam Rose's arrest, which we will not be talking about here today on the show. I don't want to repeat our thoughts. No, no. So for the full thoughts on that, check out hashtag Ask on the YouTube page for Monday, and uh, we're recording this right now, WrestleRant Radio. So John, like I said, our first time talking face-to-face here on the show um, we did a bonus audio right after WrestleMania, yep. so I caught you up there, I got your thoughts on the world of wrestling about a month and a half ago. I don't, I mean, you were on the first Tuesday of the year, mm-hmm. but we were, didn't do it in person. I think I called you later on, or, no, maybe not, I don't think we recorded the show that day. No, it's all but it's always
1: best when we do it in person. I mean, it's yeah. just when, I, I love calling in over the phone, but I just love the audio, the pure sound that you get, you know, when it's you and I in person, so. Of course. It's going to be a great show today. Of course.
0: So, I think... That being said, this might be our first face-to-face episode of WrestleRant Radio of 2016. Well, we better make it a good one. We better. We better so. We better so. Like I said, Extreme Rules on Sunday. We had Raw last night. We'll be talking all about the pay-per-view, previewing the show, and reviewing Monday Night Raw. So on that note, John, your immediate thoughts on Raw last night?
1: I think that last night's Raw was more of the same. You know, more of what we've been getting all of 2016. And it's just, you know, an average go-home show is what we had last night. Really, it, it started off real hot. The first hour was explosive. I thought it was very interesting, very entertaining uh, content. And then, of course, the wheels slowly fell off, and we got more of a, you know, lackluster, you know, meh Monday Night Raw, which is, you know, what we've come to expect in 2016. I thought, all in all, it was a solid go-home show. It sure as hell made me excited for Extreme Rules, which I guess is the, the point of a go-home show. But I thought, you know, maybe it could have ended a little bit better. After that uh, women's contract signing, I didn't think that was the greatest way to go off for a go-home show. But, you know, just an average episode of Monday Night Raw is what we got last night.
0: Yeah, overall, I thought the first hour, like you said, was really, really good. We were praising the show in the first hour, but from that point forward, the subsequent two hours were not that good. They weren't awful. It was not by any means a terrible show, like you said. At least an average show at best. At worst, even. Um, But I thought overall, I mean, where is your excitement level right now before we get into the predictions and the Raw review? Where is your excitement level right now on a scale from 1 to 10 for Extreme Rules on Sunday? Well, I've got to say,
1: AJ Styles and Roman Reigns have done a phenomenal job, no pun intended, Pun intended! (laughs) of uh, getting me excited for their match at Extreme Rules. I think that this is really a money match. I mean, we talked about this last night, but how many times in the last three years even have we had a championship, or WWE championship feud rather, not focused on bucking authority, not focused on, you know, dealing with the authority figures. I mean, this is just a straight up blood versus club kind of uh, kind of rivalry going on. And I'm very excited about it. I think AJ Styles is playing that tweener character perfectly. Roman Reigns has improved tremendously. I mean, he's been getting so much criticism over the last year or two. I think that his kind of just not really caring for what the WWE Universe thinks of him just improves his character by tenfold, really, it does. And so I think that As good as their match at Payback was, I'm that much more excited for their match at Extreme
0: Rules. I mean, especially with no counter to disqualifications, too. It's Extreme Rules on Sunday, which we kind of got a taste of at Payback. I mean, the technical third match they had wasn't Extreme Rules, Mm -hmm. but this is officially Extreme Rules. Interference is allowed from the Usos, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, maybe debuting Finn Balor. Who knows? I mean, it could be just about anybody. So (laughs) there's a lot to look forward to. I mean, Extreme Rules on Sunday, like you said, that main event is compelling, which it can be what you know could not be, have been said for the last couple of main events on pay-per-view i mean payback with the exception obviously but before that was anyone really excited about Roman Reigns' Triple H?
1: I was so unexcited for that main event. I thought that Shane McMahon and Undertaker was going to close the show.
0: Many people did. You were not alone.
1: And so when I found that that was closing the show, I was very disappointed. I didn't think that that match had really earned the right of show closer. And then before that, you have Brock Lesnar, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns.
0: I mean, we were excited for the in-ring match. Yeah. But not who was going to win because we knew who It was, was going to be win. Roman Reigns. But
1: tracking back to Fastlane, I mean, we're talking about main events here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. And what I thought was a a decent triple threat match, I think what they were trying to do there was recreate the excitement of John Cena, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar from Royal Rumble 2015. I don't think all the the puzzle pieces were there to recreate that same environment, that same aura of the match, because that match will go down as one of the greatest matches in WWE history.
0: Absolutely. But that was also unpredictable, too
1: that that was very un- no one knew if Brock Lesnar was going to you know re-sign with the company no one knew if Seth Rollins was going to cash or, in after maybe losing the match and then we of course didn't want to see Cena win lol <laughs> um, so but that match that match was great so obviously Fastlane. I think they were trying to go back to the well and kind of get some of that excitement back I don't think that the chemistry between Dean Ambrose Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar is quite like the chemistry Cena Rollins and Lesnar not at man. all no but and then uh, even before that uh, the, the Rumble match main event World, which we
0: were excited for but again we were all kind of expecting a Triple H or Roman Reigns victory, which we ultimately got.
1: And But, I mean, you can't forget AJ Styles debuting in that Royal Rumble. No, 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 I'm not
0: saying the match wasn't good, oh, but sure. I'm talking about like excitement level going into it. Yeah, okay, you know? definitely.
1: I mean, I thought that, well, we're now we're reviewing the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Like <laughs> Let, let's stay away from that, but all in all... Uh, I thought we've had we've had decent main event matches for these pay per views, but I I'd say this is this might be because everyone's always excited for the Royal Rumble main event, no matter what the the landscape is going in. But I'd say that this is the first one on one contest. For closing a pay-per-view of 2016 that I'm absolutely excited for.
0: Absolutely. I would say the same thing. I'm looking forward to it. It's in New York, New Jersey on Sunday. Should be a great show overall. We'll get into our predictions in a little bit. So speaking of AJ Styles and Roman Reigns kicking off the evening last night, was the Phenomenal One, AJ Styles, talking about how the fan support against him, the fan, the fan backlash against the Phenomenal One has kind of finally gotten to him over social media, talking about how phenomenal he was, blah, blah, blah. So kind of showing signs of that tweener turn as you alluded to before
1: and how refreshing was that though I mean no no Shane McMahon no Stephanie McMahon no Triple H opening I mean it was just really refreshing to see AJ Styles come out and you know set up that that tension for the the second hour kind of main event deal with uh between the tag team of the Usos and the club as they're called in WWE um and so I thought that was a great way to open Monday Night Raw uh definitely a change of pace so I was I was refreshed and that kind of set up the first hour
0: and I think that, that same thing can be said for the, in, not the entire show, but I think in recent weeks anyway. I mean, we'll get your thoughts. And we kind of talked about it yesterday in the hashtag about the new era and is it really a new era and kind of shoving it down our throats a la the Davis Revolution, whatever. But I feel like, especially with last week and this week kind of showed that, I like how they're switching up the formula of the show. Albeit ever so slightly, mm-hmm. but they are. Big cast opening and ending the show in a way. He didn't really have the match with Jericho last week, but they still put a lot of focus on him, which was refreshing. The divas segment, sorry, the women's segment, uh, the contract signing last night was not great, which we'll get to. But it was refreshing to see them in the main event spotlight yeah. for once, you know, for the first time in many months. Um, the, one of the few times it's happened in recent years, and it only happens maybe once a year at most. So it was refreshing, mm-hmm. which I could say is probably the biggest gripe that I have right now about Monday Night Raw that it feels formulaic. It has that same stagnant status quo about it every single week, especially with the Authority—not even just the Authority, but Shane, Vince, Stephanie, Triple H—the the entire, entire
1: McMahon regime. The clan. Exactly,
0: exactly. So I'm glad we're finally getting away with you know away from that. And they weren't completely absent from the show last; night. they were featured on the show. Yeah. But not as prominently as they have been in year and you know in weeks past.
1: Well, how great is it that Stephanie McMahon is kind of you know taking her foot off the gas pedal so to speak of just being that you know, belligerent, obnoxious heel? I mean, she, everyone kind of sees through it and that this is ultimately probably leading le- to something. Leading yeah, of to course. something where she'll go back to being that obnoxious heel. Yeah. But it's just great to see you know the the obnoxious you know power drunken authority figure kind of absent from Monday Night Raw and how her and Shane are coexisting because that's what wrestling should be. In 2016. I mean, we we spent the entire, you know, late 90s into early 2000s with that overbearing authority figure in Vince McMahon. We've we've already experienced that. And of course, they were going back to the well one too many times from 2013 to just recently. Mm -hmm. So now the fact that there is kind of an impartial, unbiased authority figure... um, Heading Monday Night Raw, it's refreshing. It's refreshing to see. Like we, like I said, we don't know how long that's gonna last. But like NXT, just for example, with William Regal as a general manager, they they're doing it right. Mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's how that's how exactly how an authority figure should operate on a wrestling show in 2016.
0: I don't want to go back to the falls of 2013, no. 2014, 2015 when Stephanie, in particular, the entire authority, but Stephanie in particular was just ripping the balls off of every single baby face in the roster, making them cry, and not having them fight back. That was awful. And just
1: never ultimately got her comeuppance.
0: Exactly. And that's what wrestling should be all about, building up to that one moment where it doesn't matter whether it's a male, female, he, she, doesn't matter, you know? Well, They've got to get their comeuppance, and she never did. I guess in Vince's mind, if you're if you're ignoring
1: Vicky Guerrero throwing in Stephanie into that pool of slop or whatever that was, if you're ignoring that, I think in Vince's mind... The Stephanie's comeuppance came at WrestleMania when Roman Reigns speared her, but that was just kind of that was kind of brutal. Yeah, I mean she just took a spear from Roman Reigns. I don't know about you, but when I, when I watched that, I was just like, oh my gosh! Like it was kind of tasteless, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I, I don't want her getting killed, but you know she should just not be an obnoxious, you know what, all the time.
0: It so. should come in the form of one of the women's wrestlers, albeit Sasha Banks. Ronda Charlotte, Ronda Rousey, where the hell is she? Something like that. I don't know why they didn't pull the trigger of that at WrestleMania. So I understand they wanted to build that for a, a future bout between the two at SummerSlam WrestleMania, but they had to know that it wasn't that likely that it was going to happen. So I would have rather... I mean, you and I both share the same mindset. They should not blow their load with one moment match or whatever. It's not like, let's do... John Cena, Undertaker, tonight at the pay-per-view because we don't know whether we're going to ever do it again. I understand that. Like, we have that same mindset. They should not, you know, leave money on the table or give a money match away immediately. But in this case, the chances of that, I know we're so far off topic here, but (laughs) I know the chances of that match happening are so slim that they, why they didn't just do it at WrestleMania is beyond me. You know? Having just her attack, Stephanie.
1: Well, let's corral back to Monday Night. Yes, Raw thank you, second. That's
0: why you were here. That's why you're here to get me back in there. This is WrestleRant Radio. We're talking about Raw, SmackDown, Impact, Ring of Honor, WCW Monday Night. We're talking about everything here. Um, getting back to the opening segment, you know, solid stuff overall.
1: Definitely good to see AJ Styles kind of come into his own here in WWE. You know, he came when he when he first came to WWE. I was I was uncertain how he, he would be treated, but I'm glad that it didn't take too long after he had what could be the rivalry of the year with Chris Jericho. Yes, he came. He's already in that main event spotlight as he should be I think he's playing his, his part to perfection
0: small note here what was the other feud I told you last night might be the feud of the year
1: Oh, no. It wasn't Reigns Styles.
0: You didn't say. No, that's what I'm thinking now. It wasn't Reigns oh, Styles. Oh, Sami
1: Zayn, Kevin Owens.
0: Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. And I'm thinking of another one now that I just read about that I'm thinking, you know what? This might be another potential feud of the year. Finn Balor and Samoa Joe in NXT. That could definitely
1: be up there. That it's could been,
0: definitely be up there. It's been a great year for rivalries, I would say. It's,
1: it's hard, especially in the in the environment, on the stage that NXT does it, it's hard to keep a rivalry going for so long. It's been
0: going for six or seven months. As this point, Finn yeah.
1: Balor and Samoa Joe have been doing so well. Yeah. It's really it's really great to see I'm glad to see that they mix it up with Joe going over on Balor at the, the NXT house show that you were present for. You were in attendance. And, bowl, course. and you just told me this morning that uh, their next matchup at the next ta- TakeOver will be in a cage match.
0: Your thoughts on that the real fir- quick. The
1: first ever cage match in NXT history. Um, I like that NXT does more with less. I like that they can compel me with the rivalry without going to TLC gunshot to the face matchups like (laughs) car crash matches or... I quit last eh. man
0: standing every single week.
1: Light my my wife on fire on a pole match. (laughs) I like
0: the idea of it, but that's kind of what you're saying with the Asylum match. You know what I mean? It's like we've seen Steel Cage so many times that they have to go kind of switch it up a little bit with the Asylum match and call it that and add all these weapons. Again, it's going to be an entertaining match. for
1: For those of you who don't know, Dean, oh, well...
0: We'll get to that too, yeah. But
1: uh, Joe and Balor is going to be great. I yeah. mean they, they can do no wrong down there in the NXT. But switching yeah. back over to the Monday Night Raw side of things, last night Dean Ambrose announced that he will take on Chris Jericho at Extreme Rules in the first ever Asylum match. And I I want to get your thoughts on that.
0: I know there were mixed thoughts. There was a mixed bag of criticism on social media. I know we kind of share we're in the same boat on this. I think after I saw your tweet and mm-hmm. give the old retweet, that's an endorsement of what my <laughs> thought of, uh, is what I thought of it, but. I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, doing a standard street <laughs> fight or a steel cage match would have been good. Mm-hmm. You am know, not arguing that it would not have been. Um, but I think it's something different or unique anyway. It fits both characters very well. Not only in Ambrose being the lunatic fringe, but Jericho said it himself last night. He's a lunatic. He yeah. can be crazy. We saw that last week on SmackDown when he put Ambrose in the straight jacket, attacked him anyway with like two or three code breakers. So I like it. It's something different. It's something new. And it's not something different in that oh it's so stupid I don't want to see it you know something similar to a kiss my arse match like we've never seen that before but that's the bad kind of different you know this is something unique and I think they could very well make the most of the stipulation I think the
1: greatest part the unspoken part about this it just adds another uh, layer to Dean Ambrose's character it gives him him another uh, kind of opportunity to show what kind of character he is, and that let's say him and Seth Rollins have another feud down the line, one of the greatest feuds of in history. You can quote me on that. Dean Ambrose Dean Ambrose Agreed. and Seth Rollins. Um, let's say you know that that gets so that boils over, it gets so hot, it's so heated, and then you know let's have an asylum match. I think that this this match can be a part of Dean Ambrose's character mm-hmm. when rivalries get so you know combustible, and he brings out the asylum match. That's just another another you know notch to add on Dean Ambrose's. Uh, you know, chest right there, another badge to pin on him.
0: Especially right now, too. I mean, the character needs work. I love Dean Ambrose. I've loved him since day one, but he needs more character development. He loses, he loses, he loses, he ne- can never win the big one. Mm-hmm. He's a B-plus player by WWE's definition of that term. He lost to Brock Lesnar in an embarrassing fashion to WrestleMania. He beat Jericho Payback, I'll give you that, but other than that, we really don't know what makes this guy crazy. And I've talked about this here um, before in the show, so I apologize for repeating myself, but you know, they give these guys, and you were kind of making a joke of it yesterday, they, they give these guys nicknames. The Big Dog. The Guy. The Lunatic Fringe. The Man. Yeah. You know, like, they're just taglines. Like, what makes Seth Rollins the man? What makes Dean Ambrose crazy? We don't really see that crazy side all too often other than bringing a plant to, a, like, a talk show setting, yeah. you know? They just give these guys names and nicknames and whatever to put on the back of a t-shirt, to market them as, to bill them as, not really to incorporate that into their character. So I'm glad they're kind of doing that with this matchup. They need to show and not tell is what they need to do. Absolutely. With everything. Mm-hmm. Even with the new era, Divas Revolution, everything.
1: They have to show us why we should care, why we should invest in these guys. I can go out on a stage and say I'm the funniest guy in the world, but be, if I'm not, no one's going to buy into that. So, unfortunately, Dean Ambrose being so crazy, well, how crazy can a man be who's always, who's always losing? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the last person eliminated in the Royal Rumble. He lost to Triple H. Like you said, he lost in embarrassing fashion to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So it's like, and I, and I wrote this in, in, one of my, in one of my pieces. It's like, well, how many times can we, you know, get behind Dean Ambrose if he always loses? The, when the lights are on bright, Dean Ambrose loses. And unfortunately, that's, that's not someone I want to I want to get behind him because I know how good he is. I know how good he could be. But unfortunately, they just haven't, they haven't shown us why. We, you know, we're, we're, doing the, we're going the extra mile to get behind Dean Ambrose. They're not, and this is a ready-made star, Dean Ambrose. He could be WWE Champion tomorrow and everyone would be on board with that. Mm-hmm. It's a ready-made star. But we still have to go the extra mile to get behind him. They should, it, it should be no problem. There should be no hindrance for them to say, this is, a, this is one of our future stars, now get behind him. It should be easy as, as taking candy from a baby. But unfortunately, we have to go, as fans, have to go the extra mile. Because they're not showing us why we should. They're just saying, hey, it's the Lunatic Fringe. He's, he's funny on the microphone. And he, and he does that crazy rope rebound thing. Which you relies on way too much, by the way. <laughs> well, I'm glad I brought that up then. He does the crazy rope rebound into a clothesline maneuver. And this, that's why you should like him. Like, no, like, tell, like, tell us why. Show us why.
0: Exactly. I feel like they do a lot of talking. They can talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk. WWE more often than not. And the thing is, is that they can walk the walk. They've showed us that before in past years, past eras, whatever. They're capable of doing so. They just don't sometimes. And this gets into the, the 50-50
1: booking discussion, which I'm sure we can abstain from. I mean, you, we could have a whole other podcast just on the, the, the world of 50-50 booking in WWE.
0: Even do some wrestling in the hole, on the hole, but yeah.
1: Unfortunately, I wouldn't even say Dean Ambrose is booked 50-50. I'd say he's booked like 70-30. Like yeah. To lose to win percentage. Yes, absolutely. He'll, he'll pick up a win over The Miz on SmackDown, but then he'll go to, you know, SummerSlam and he'll lose to the Wyatts. I don't know, but yeah. That's just, that's how it is these days.
0: Unfortunately. I mean, like you said, you made a great point. I think the worst thing about his booking, I mean, not recently, the whole feud with Jericho, I think, has been entertaining. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing with Ambrose is that, like you said, the key there is that we know how good he can be. Mm-hmm. We know his potential. It's not like, he could be good. I mean, he, you know, he's all right. They're not really booking him right, but he's not going to be a money player anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But with a guy like him and Wyatt's kind of in that same boat, we know how big of a player he can be for WWE, and they're not capitalizing on that. They're not fulfilling him. They're not utilizing him to his full potential. Which is
1: frustrating as a fan. I mean, when you see the potential in someone, when you see how good they can be and they're not utilizing... And the thing is, it's not like they don't know. It's not, like we're the, it's not like they're in the dark and we know that he can be good. Like, everyone with a pair of eyes knows how good Dean Ambrose can be. So we know you know how good he can be, and you're still not doing anything about it? Like, come on. Like... You're telling me Dean Ambrose needs a win over Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, but just to protect Brock Lesnar, you're going to have Brock Lesnar win? That's I, I mean, that was that was the, some of the shoddiest booking I've seen in a long time.
0: Well, it's not even that he... I mean, we're getting into WrestleMania here, but it's not only that he won, but it was how he won that minutes, damaged Dean Ambrose. In
1: 12 minutes, less time than
0: the Divas matchup. Without any offense for Dean pretty much whatsoever.
1: And it was just... It, it, you were expecting this big kind of aha moment. That, like, if Brock Lesnar were to go over, which he did, you're expecting this big, aha, that's why Dean Ambrose lost. Brock Lesnar did this, or this happened, unfortunately, or circumstances made this happen. Just know it. It was all a result of Brock Lesnar just being dominant. Dean Ambrose lost. Like, that's it. So. And that that just speaks to the, the weird decision-making going on these days.
0: It's bizarre. We'll get into more of that as we get into Raw as we go along here. But after that, we had the Intercontinental Championship picture take form as Sami Zayn took on Cesaro for the first time ever on Monday Night Raw. Fun while it lasted, only went about a minute or so, ended in a no contest after Kevin Owens and The Miz got involved, leading us to our Strange Bedfellows match. The Miz and Cesaro taking on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I would go as far to
1: say as this was the highlight of Monday Night Raw for me. I thought this was what really made the first hour, and the first hour on the whole was the best part of the show. I thought that this was really the most interesting part and in how they, they really took a, a, a nice route to get into this strange bedfellows match. It's something you don't see too often. I mean, these days you'd expect more of, a, oh, if you, in case you didn't watch SmackDown, here's the main event again. Here's Dean Ambrose, and or here, excuse me, here's uh, Cesaro and Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens and Miz. You didn't see SmackDown, here it is again. But I like how they had, you know, that KO and Miz on commentary, they get involved, switch it up, use Shane McMahon and Stephanie well to come out and, you know, change the matchup. That was a good use of authority right there, um, And because it was, it was different. It was, it, was, it was compelling, like you said, and uh, that, I thought this was definitely the highlight of the first hour of Raw.
0: I would absolutely agree. I like the fact that they did not insult our intelligence because Shane did make the match. I would have been been like, okay, that's fine. We saw the same exact tag team match on SmackDown. But like you said, Stephanie comes out and says, no, we just saw that on SmackDown a few days ago. It didn't really work out, so let's do it this way this time around. I like that a lot, that storyline in television programming continuity. We need more of that between Raw and SmackDown and we've talked about this before, SmackDown has come a long way. Oh sure. Arguably to me, Thursdays are almost my favorite day of the week, if not my favorite day of the week, because of SmackDown. I think the show has come a long way in the last couple of months, but um, I'm glad they're not acknowledging, or rather ignoring its you know, its presence on WWE programming with stuff like this, and it kind of continued on from the Thursday night show from last week, but as far as the match goes, like you said, I could not agree more. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the highlight of the show. Very interesting dynamic. The crowd took to the baby faces and not really one team over the other. Seeing Sam Sami Zayn and KO team up for the first time ever it was great considering their history Miz is always underrated in my opinion Cesaro is just his awesomeness speaks for itself so a really fun match in the end KO picking up the win for his team Sami Zayn and KO score the victory I think it was Sami Zayn rather who pinned the Miz Yes. Um, but it was KO who was the last man standing with the title in tow so we got our four away on Sunday. We'll talk a bit about it in a little while. I think what
1: made, also made this match just so great was the storytelling in the ring is something you don't quite often see. They started, I'd say about the first half of the match, was dedicated to the problems between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Like They were clearly bashing each other from the ring to the apron, uh, 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 forcibly tagging each other, You know, not really you know, obeying you know, the, <laughs> the courtesy tag or anything. But then after that, they switched, they transitioned into, all right, well, you saw the problems between them. Now we're going to showcase the problems between Cesaro and The Miz. And so that happened. And then it all just, you know, all, it all went to hell. It all fell off the tracks, and it was just a big jumble, and then Sami Zayn eventually picked up the victor of the mids, which is, you know, I like seeing that kind of storytelling in the ring. I think that's what made this you know, this match the most interesting of the entire night.
0: And that's what's made this entire feud over the IC Championship very interesting, entertaining, compelling, engaging. All four of these guys have played their roles extremely well, and I don't really think it's a stretch to say that it's going to steal the show on Sunday.
1: Well, I'd say, especially when you have four of the most talented guys in the locker room all vying for the Intercontinental Championship, that raises the stock... Of the Intercontinental Championship, Absolutely. but also I think that because you and I we love KO, we love Sammy, and we love Cesaro. You and I both think the Miz is underrated, so we're glad to see him in there. So it's like, well, you got four guys that we we can all get behind. We can all believe that the, these guys hate each other, and it's great. It's great content.
0: I mean, we've talked about this before. You and I have talked about this off the air before in terms of our SmackDown versus Raw 2007 mm-hmm. general manager booking and that. If we have a match, and we simulate all the results for our matches, which is unprecedented for a lot of people, but I like the element of surprise and unpredictability, which you can't get in wrestling. If we did that in real life, everyone would be fired, pretty much. You cannot plan for anything. But, um, considering we have injuries off too. But, I mean, we were talking about before in that you have a match where you don't care who wins, and not in the case, and I've said that before, like Kalisto, Ryback at Extreme Rules, or Payback, rather, which was a really good match Mm -hmm. ultimately, but going into it, I could not have given two shits who was going to win just because neither guy had been on TV in weeks. Kalisto always lost. Ryback meant nothing. Why should I care? Mm -hmm. In this case, I say that in that I like all four guys. I am happy with whoever wins. Mm -hmm. I think there's a story in place for all four guys, and with Money in the Bank right around the corner, Sami Zayn, K.O., maybe even Miz and Cesaro as well, being strong candidates to capture the Brave case this year, this title scene could really kind of set the tone for what this summer could give us over the next couple of months. Exactly.
1: It'll be a a smooth transition from the IC scene, the Intercontinental Championship scene, into the Money in the Bank scene because I mean ultimately these guys are probably going to be end up contesting for the Money in the Bank briefcase. I'd assume so, yeah. And you can just keep that animosity, that heat going, and just transit. It was over the Intercontinental Championship. Well, now it's going to be over the briefcase. Exactly. So, which is which is good. It's good foresight
0: and it's just good booking. It's great booking. That's <laughs> what I'm looking forward to for the first time in many. Many years, even I feel like the Intercontinental Championship—that the the you know prestige and like you said, just the honor and and the champion and everyone who has held it and gunning for it—even it feels important for once. The mm-hmm. whole title scene feels just like it's fun to watch, and I can't wait to watch it unfold on Sunday in that Fatal Four Way match. So. After that, we had the re-debut of Primo and Epico on Monday Night Raw, repackaged as the Shining Stars of Puerto Rico, or was it the Caribbean or the Puerto Rico? The Shining
1: or? Stars of the Caribbean. Of
0: the Caribbean, I don't know at this point, whatever. But um, they took on Scott Jackson and Brian Kennedy, the former John Schuyler and Corey Hollis of NXT, their enhancement talent from North Carolina. Um, the match was all right. They cut a promo before and after. The crowd wasn't really that receptive. They got some booze during the match. Um, I mean, like we said last night, I think... Obviously, we are going to assume they are heels, but mm-hmm. nothing they said or did gave me the indication that they will be heels. Maybe they'll get to that point, but I feel like this gimmick is just going to elicit go away heat. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot like Elias Sampson in NXT. I just, not that I don't care, because I've talked about this before. I like Primo and Epico a lot, and I'm glad they're getting another chance. Mm-hmm. They could have easily gotten fired along with El Torito last a couple of weeks ago or whatever it was. They could have gotten fired. They didn't. They're still around. They apparently have faith in them to. WWE has enough faith in them to repackage them, keep them around, give them another shot at superstardom. But I, just with this gimmick, I don't know how far it's going to go or what to even expect from it.
1: Well, as Max Landis said on, on Twitter last night, I, I mentioned this to you. He goes, oh, Primo and Epico want me to go take a nice vacation? All right, they're heels. Like, <laughs> something something to that effect. And I would say that my my desire to see Primo and Epico succeed stems from, I think, 2010... I would say, when they were, when they were first... 2011? 2011. 2011, maybe.
0: Is the thing with Hunico you're talking when, yeah, about? Yeah. With yep, the, yep, yep, the, yep.
1: They, it was for one week on SmackDown. It might have even been on Superstars, or main event, because I, I definitely didn't watch back then. Um, Superstars, and main event, that is. Uh, that They had a, the trio, uh, Primo, Epico, and Hunico, and I thought, like wow, this could be a great heel stable. And that did not last long, if anything, a week is all it did. Um... But that, that's where, I, and then when they turned to Los Matadores, I was like, well, no, they're so talented. They can, be, they can do so well as heels. Why are you putting masks on them and pretending they're from Spain when they're from Puerto Rico? So I didn't, exactly. I, 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 didn't, I didn't like Los Matadores. So just ultimately, uh, from, my, from my desire to see them succeed as heels in 2011 to my hatred for Los Matadores in the years uh, following, I now have an investment, a, a personal investment, to see Primo and Epico succeed. I thought that you know the the, the shtick is weird all right the, sh- the gimmick is weird they they're from Puerto Rico they they haven't yet said that Puerto Rico is better than mainland United States They can't really go off the patriotism thing because Puerto Rico is a part of the United States <laughs> so that's 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 gonna be a tough angle to figure that out, um, which might
0: be for the better because that tired trope has been done to yeah. death. We just saw the League nations yeah. so that did not work well.
1: <laughs> so we've got primo and Epico back. I thought that. Of course, the audience wasn't receptive. Not many audiences are to to guy now. It's not like they're new superstars. We've seen them before. Plus, you know, we know how how much they've kind of floundered since we've last seen them in the form of Primo Nepco. So even if the audience was smartened up to that, the 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 whole the whole you know promo they did was kind of confusing. Like you said, we they they said nothing heelish. They said nothing that babyface would say. They were just kind of down the middle. So obviously. From the week for the weeks to follow we're gonna see, you know, what what their true colors are. I think it's anyone anyone's guess that they're gonna be heels, I, I mean I think that's the easy yeah. guess. Yeah. But I think, you know, with the time they were allotted and, you know, the shtick they were given and the the match that they put on, I was impressed. They're and trying. I, I might I might be in in the minority there, but I was I was satisfied with what they put out on Monday.
0: I mean I hate to say this all the time. But time will tell, really. I mean, yeah. we got to wait until next week. What else we see from them? I imagine they'll be facing jobbers for the next couple of weeks, enhancement talent, whatever, which we do not see too often. You made a great point last night. I remember the last time, maybe at some point after that, but the last time I, you know, distinctly remember seeing enhancement talent, and by that I mean like local athletes and stuff. We see it all the time in NXT, but in WWE was when Ryback was squashing people every single week saying, Feed me more, and that was four years ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I like Primo and Epico. I don't know if I like the Shining Stars, mm-hmm. but I think as far as them as wrestlers go, I do have that incentive to see them succeed, as you said, because we've been following them for years. Primo's been here on the main roster anyway. I don't know about FCW whatever. For almost eight years, made his debut on Raw in August of 2008. Yep. And Epico's been here since around that time that you mentioned, 2011, the whole thing with Primo and possibly Hunico, which they really dropped the ball on yeah. Agri. That could have been a great angle. But anyway, uh, we'll see where it goes. We already talked about Ambrose and Jericho. Dana Brooke wrestling her Raw debut match against Becky Lynch, decent stuff. Uh, Emma is now hurt. Breaking news as of yesterday, she has to undergo surgery tomorrow. The timetable for her return is yet to be set, so that kind of sucks. She's kind of in the midst of a career resurgence right now. A
1: back injury, it was. She yeah, a back injury, she injury. Yes. Her back. Yep. Which is never a good sign.
0: At a live event on Sunday, I believe.
1: Okay. Well, as far as far as Dana Brooke's Raw debut, what did you think?
0: I thought it was alright, I thought the match was good um, I think Becky carried her to a decent match mm-hmm. I don't think Dana Brooke, and you made a great point She's not ready for a singles push Anyway, on the main roster I wasn't against the idea of bringing her up to Raw Because I think she is a good talent yeah. And her and Emma make a great pairing mm-hmm. And we could even see you know, Women's tag team titles in WWE With you know Dana and Emma And maybe even Sasha and Becky And you know Charlotte and somebody else, who knows yeah. I And mean, that's definitely a possibility Maybe at some point down the road But the timing of it was awful. Not only for Emma, but for Dana Brooke, too. Because I don't know where this leaves these women. Um, It looked like they were building to a Dana Brooke and Emma versus Becky and potentially Sasha match. I don't know about the pay-per-view on Sunday, but maybe at some point down the road. And that's on the shelf for a while. Again, I have no idea how Emma's going to be out for, how long she's going to be out for, which sucks. But as far as the match goes, it was all right. Dana Brooke, there's a lot of room for improvement for her, like you said. Um, They just need to put her with people who know how to wrestle. Like If they put her in the ring with... I mean, Cameron's gone, but you know what I mean. And the division's finally kind of cutting the fat in that respect. And they don't have, like, you know, models and stuff where these women are... If it was Dana Brooke coming in five years ago, working with the Kelly Kellys of the world, then it would suck. But I think if she's working with Sasha and Charlotte and Becky, Natalia, all those women, she could make it work. Yeah.
1: Well, unfortunately, another injury is plague, The WWE locker room, you know, I mean, water is wet, the sky is blue. (laughs) You're, if you're a WWE superstar to get injured at the wrong time. That's just how it is these days. I've been saying that's like the fifth time I've said that on this podcast. That is how it is these days. Uh, so, unfortunately, Emma's injury has kind of pushed Dana Brooke from the back out into the limelight. She now has to show that she is capable of hanging with the Becky Lynches, the Sasha Banks, the Charlottes, the Natalias, the Pages. Dana Brooke is now, she's been from the, what's that, from the uh, pan to the fire? or... Something like that. There's a, there's a saying to be said there. Um, anyway, but Dana Brooke, as far as her match, I was not impressed. I mean, you were you were a little nicer to her than I will be. Uh, I thought she looked sloppy. I thought her footwork was very bad. Um, I didn't think that she could throw a punch to save her life. She's, you know, hitting Becky Lynch in the shoulder.
0: That was not good, no. Try,
1: trying to sell face shots, which is just not good. Just I mean, that's, that's I'd rather have you potato Becky. I mean, I'm not in there, but I'd rather <laughs> have you potato Becky than hit her in the shoulder. Um, so I was not impressed with her uh, raw debut. Obviously, she's a kid. She's she's wrestling in front of millions of people for the first time ever. So obviously, you're gonna be you're gonna be worried. But I just didn't think it was a, a great first impression on, on her part. I think her gimmick works. I think she can be a great heel. You know, just a self-absorbed fitness model that you know that's a jerk. And so I, I, there, I'm not saying that can't work, but the the in ring work needs to improve. That, exactly, that, that that has to happen before anything else. Kind of reminds me of an Eva Marie kind of deal, um, maybe a little more talented, I guess, but much <laughs> more talented. Uh, I, I'm, I'm Team Eva Marie. I like Eva Marie. I enjoy. I think she could be a great heel.
0: This podcast will end now. I'm just <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think Eva Marie could be a great heel.
0: I think she's good, but I don't think she's improving at the rate that they want her to.
1: I mean, she's hot.
0: she's hot but I've said this before I just don't think that she's going to be a top I mean I thought I gave her a chance I gave Eva a chance this time one year ago when she kind of came back into the ring after improving on Total Divas they documented that on the show and she's coming back after training with Brian Kendrick whatever and she just really did not get better at the rate they wanted her to. Okay. So I'm like, okay, this is not happening. So she's not going to be the top lead, you know, heel women in the roster, on the roster that I thought she could be. You know, a lot like Trish Stratus. Mm-hmm. She was not the greatest wrestler when she started out, but she improved over time, obviously, and became one of the greatest mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. I did not see that from Eva towards late last year, earlier this year. Maybe there's still a chance. The improvements that I'm speaking about right
1: now are, though, that at first she had go away heat. She, no one wanted to see. her. I think that she's really transformed that well into legitimate heat. And if if you if you don't see that, disagree with me, please.
0: But I, 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 I A little bit. Yeah, I could see that. I
1: I, I, I I if I were to go to the NXT live show, I'd boo her because she's a heel and not yeah. because I don't want to see her. So okay. I, I think I think in that at, and speaking in those terms, she's you know improved tremendously. Um, but going back to Dana Brooke, was not impressed with her raw debut. I wish uh, I wish she gave me a little bit a little bit more. So that I could take her as a legitimate threat to maybe the Charlottes or the Natalias of the world. But if you saw Dana Brooke vs. Charlotte on SmackDown, I mean, she doesn't stand a chance. No. Just in terms of kayfabe. Exactly. Uh, so that th- those are my two cents on Dana Brooke.
0: I mean, going back to the Eva Marie thing just for two seconds, I think she could have been champion for, you know, for a while. Five years ago, again, like in the D.Va model era. Mm-hmm. I think she easily, undoubtedly would have been the top heel in the Divas division. Yeah. But right now, in the era of women's wrestlers with Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, and all the others in NXT, Bailey too, her chances at success are not as high. I mean, she's hot, but I think <laughs> they could do more with her in a managerial role. And she's gotten better as a character. Yeah, I think definitely. I think her character work has gotten better than her in ring as than her in ring work actually. I think as a character, she's come a long way. And when she used to talk, she's like, "My name is Eva Marie," like she was yeah. a robot or something, you know. She's gotten a lot better, so I'll give her that much, but we'll see where she goes and Dana Brooke, too, in the uh, weeks and months to come. So after that, your favorite part of the show, I know, uh, Brizango taking on Golden Truth, which they devoted a full five-minute fucking video package to. It was so Why?
1: good, Graham. It was so good. <laughs> no, it was awful. Come on. Don't say that. Why? Don't, don't throw me under the bus. Don't job <laughs> me out right
0: now. I thought this was your best, your favorite part of the show. Uh,
1: this, is, this is... You and I spoke yesterday during dinner. You and I spoke... <laughs> Saying, oh, with all the injuries that have plagued the WWE locker room, you got guys like Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, John Cena all gone. So that's like an hour and a half of Monday Night Raw, you know, content that is no longer on the show. So they have to fill that hour and a half with things we don't care about. There you go, Breezango <laughs> versus The Golden Truth. That's 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 where Cena, Rollins, Wyatt, or Orton would have been had they not had they been healthy.
0: They had other options like. Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin that's weren't a, even on the show. weren't even on
1: the show. That's a very good point, but they have also done little to excite me about that match. I mean, for the second straight pay per view, they're on the kickoff
0: show. Yes, but at least they're on the pay per view. These guys aren't. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Don't jinx me. I really do not want to see these guys. On the I show,
1: see your though. point, and that I think Baron Corbin could be a top heel in the WWE. I truly believe that he could. You know, main event WrestleMania. The feud's been mediocre at best, though. I, but I think Dolph Ziggler is the kiss of death. Yes, at is, this point, yeah, yes. Is. This is coming from being a huge Dolph Ziggler fan. At, you know, And you know that. At one point, I was a huge Dolph Ziggler fan. But after seeing what he's done with guys like, uh, off the top of my head, Tyler Breeze, <laughs> uh, Survivor Series. Huge, too. huge win for Tyler Breeze after Survivor Series. Now he's you know teaming with Dango, So it's stupid. I, Dol, Dolph Ziggler, I think his, I mean, this is coming from someone who, I, all I wanted was for Dolph Ziggler to succeed.
0: Two at years point. ago, flashback here when, to when we went camping in New York and we visited the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame that weekend. Right before we crashed, you go, you know who should be world champion right now? And they go, who? Oh. And you go, Dolph Ziggler. He's got the package. He's got the full package. He's got the looks. He's got the mic skills. He's an amazing wrestler. Why is he not world champion right now? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> and that was coming off when we went to that Raw in Hartford, and he faced like Fandango or something. It,
1: was, be- it was it because was, he was doing a whole Summer ray thing there.
0: Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And at that time... Um, at that time people were still cheering Dolph Ziggler pretty heavily and he still gets cheered when he comes out but it's at the point where it's like people I've, I've said this before, people just don't care because I know he's not going to get that push. That, that chance came in, this, in the fall of 2014 when he beat the Authority in the main event of fucking Survivor Series and he went back to doing absolutely nothing after he got quote unquote fired and brought back he was back to being the same guy he was before. And all Motley Crew bullshit and whatever else, I just don't care anymore
1: there are only so many times you can misfire on a superstar i mean they misfired from after the night after wrestlemania 29 uh the raw and jersey um turning him baby face And, and, and then of course the survivor series you know blemish that you just mentioned he clearly should have been in the main event picture following you just pinned seth rollins in the main event of survivor series to take the authority out of power in 2014, and then the, the next week, what is he fired? Was it the next week or following that? About end? a month or so later, yeah, he was fired. And it's just it, 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 there's only you can only get behind someone who is going to inevitably fail for so long. I mean, you could you can have a favorite horse in the, in the Belmont Stakes, but if that horse is going to lose every time you put money on it, well, I'm I'm done putting money on him, you know, because he's just not going to win anymore. And there's there's a time when you think like, oh, he could do it. He could be the underdog this year. And then, after so many times of just losing and losing and showing us that he's never going to improve any more than to where he is right now, he's plateaued. I'm taking my money off him. I took my money off Dolph Ziggler a long time ago. And the fact that he's still even in the race amazes me. If I was Dolph Ziggler, I would hang them up right now.
0: I think for. I'm shocked that he resigned last summer, to be well, honest with you. Because he loves
1: his business, and I can do nothing but. Congrats, I commend him for but, that, because yeah. yeah. he loves this business. But the way that he has been treated, the way his character has been booked, is nothing short of disastrous. It is it is a travesty of justice. The fact that he is so talented and so good, and was was at one point considered to be the future of this industry, and is now just doing HBK impressions, <laughs> and, 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 and beating and, and not putting over NXT talent when he clearly well should be.
0: I just I look at Dolph Ziggler and I see the ghost of Christmas Future for Dean Ambrose. Like basically everything you said about Ambrose can be applied to Ziggler, but the only difference is that Ambrose has only been here for not even four years. Mm. Ziggler has been here for over a decade. He is at that point where they have done so many start and stop pushes. They look at the recent crop of guys they let go. The same thing happened to them, Damian Sandow. Don't even get me started on Wade Barrett. The king of not king of the ring, not the king of WWE, but the king of start and stop pushes. And no one gave a fuck about the guy. When he got released, I was like, that sucks. I didn't cry because everyone saw it coming and it was the writing was on the wall. And I look at Dolph Ziggler and I see the same exact thing. He sells a lot more merch than Wade Barrett does, so he's still around. Okay. And he can be a great hand in the ring. I thought the match against Baron Corbin last week on Raw, when he put him over, it was actually really good. And I expect something similar on Sunday. But it's past the point of no return with me, with him. In that, I just don't care. I I don't care. And if he wins on Sunday, he I, he already beat him at fucking payback. Which is what which is what
1: I was alluding to in my final statement, where I said he not putting over NXT talent. He should be. I mean, now that I think about it, he has put over a fair amount of NXT talent. But the fact that he did beat Baron Corbin in Baron Corbin's pay-per-view debut, quote-unquote, it was on the kickoff show. Yeah, it's Um, such a waste, though. The fact that he beat him there, I thought was just terrible. And uh, unfortunately, this is the way things are these days. These days.
0: That's basically (laughs) how you could sum up the entire WWE in so many words right now. It's a shame, but that's basically how things are these days, to quote Mr. Knapp. (laughs) So, uh, moving along here, before we get to the Extreme Rules predictions, we'll uh, breeze through the rest of the Raw. We had the Usos versus Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows for what was the millionth time, I believe. (laughs) Uh, Good match. The Usos won clean, which I did not approve of. I thought the match was good. The post-match stuff was great. The Styles Clash on the chair to Roman Reigns was really cool. I just... I'm sorry, I can't get past the Usos winning clean. I just don't get it.
1: I think what WWE's trying to do is... (sighs) I can't even speak for them. I can just speak for what I think they're doing. And that they want the Usos to look credible. Because how long long has it been since the Usos have looked credible?
0: Well, they're already credible, I would say.
1: But they want them to look like a fair matchup for Gallows and Anderson. I
0: guess. But they should not be putting them on the same level as the Usos. They should be not only even above them, but they just showed up. I mean, we know how good Gallows and Anderson are. Mm -hmm. But the casual viewer does not. All they've seen so far in the past month is them getting their ass beat by... Roman Reigns and the two Uso brothers. I
1: guess a good comparison you can make would be like if Kevin Owens and uh, excuse me, Kevin Owens, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall.
0: Oh, okay. Came, in, came
1: into the Nitro in '96 and job to the Dungeon of Doom. Exactly. Like that. Exactly. That, I guess it. that's a comparison you can make. In that. we
0: know just how good they would be, mm-hmm. but to the casual WCW viewer, they would just see them and as you know, on the level as every other guy in the roster.
1: Which is unfortunate because Gals and Anderson should be the Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. They should overall be. all right right now they're coming from another company or New, New Japan. Their
0: arrival felt like that, uh,
1: and I'm. Hoping that they can still kind of uh, parlay them into a, a modern NWO thing, hopefully with Roman Reigns as the Hulk Hogan. We'll talk about that later when our, in our Extreme Rules predictions. But unfortunately, they've just they've been put on the level of the Usos right now. Who, who? How many jobs have the Usos done in their career? It's it's kind of like well, if you if you want me to believe that Gallows and Anderson are this you know big unstoppable force, you should you should just you know show me they are you know mm-hmm. have them beat the usas how many times have they lost to the usas since they've been here
0: well they lost to them last night in
1: any shape or in any shape or fashion
0: last night on smackdown via d q um, the two tag team elimination matches that's four times right there that's four times the the second six man tag team match and the third one with the elimination you know stipulation on smackdown last week and then last night and it just goes back to what you were saying before 50-50 booking is killing this company it's killing this company, and they it's killing the momentum of these two guys. How do you want to make a star that doesn't appear any better than the next guy? That's not how you make a star. They have to stand out, and they
1: have to look like they're, you know, worth a damn. Because if you're if you're just as good as everyone else, and everyone's just average, well, all right, I'm not buying a ticket to see you. Lord knows an eight-year-old Jimmy isn't, like...
0: <laughs> no one's going to give a flying fuck.
1: Like, and I, w- I would buy a ticket right now to go see Gows and Anderson, you know... Study for a French test. Like, I, I, that's how. That's how interesting. That's how compelling these guys are to me. But if this continues, if this trend not. continues, you know who's to say in two years, gals and Anders, gals and Anderson aren't the new golden truth. Like or
0: even here to begin with. Uh, Who knows? Let's hope so. But it's just they cannot continue down this road of these guys. They cannot. I li- I like the fact that a line of styles, the whole club versus bloodline family thing is cool. Whatever but they just felt special when they came in, and they still feel special. I'm just as engaged as you are, but I feel like we're different than the norm and that most people are just going to stop caring. Like, a lot sooner than we will, you know? So hopefully that's not the case going forward past the pay-per-view on Sunday. Big Cass beating Devon Dudley in about a minute. Any thoughts on this?
1: Uh, good for Big Cass. I thought that, I mean, that was it, was it was a fun segment. You know, Cass is great on the microphone. He, had a, he cut a great promo before the match, did the soft thing after the match. Good for him. I'm glad to see he's treading water well. Without Enzo, because Lord knows if he and Enzo were here, they'd be tearing it up on Monday Night Raw, potentially being in like main event segments, or they would just be so prominent on the show. And the fact that he lost half of his meal ticket in Enzo, and obviously one of his good friends, mm-hmm. he lost that. So I'm glad to see he's treading water well. He's not drowning in the in the sea of you know dumbness that of obscurity. Is, yeah, of Monday Night Raw. So that that's always refreshing to see.
0: I'd be, fry, I'd be fine with um, Big Cass being paired to the Deadly Boys in the meantime until Enzo gets back. Because sure. so you do that feud, because I know we we're kind of... maybe. They, I mean, there were rumors that they were going to get involved in the Vaudevillains-Enzo-and-Cass match at Payback mm-hmm. before that match ended the way it did with Enzo's injury. So maybe you get that little tag team feud out of the way before they go back after the tag team titles versus the VOD villains or New Day or whoever in time for SummerSlam. So I'd be fine with that for you know, the foreseeable future. Alberto Del Rio versus Kalisto, beating Kalisto non-title action. Why? Because fuck you. That's why. That's really the only thing that comes to mind when I think of stuff like this. Again, going back to Usos and Anderson Gallows, that's one thing. But to get have Kalisto get beat, a week after Rusev got beat, also, again, made no sense. But to have a champion get beat six days before he's supposed to defend that belt against a guy who is already in contention for the title, but Del Rio is not.
1: That makes no sense. We talked about this on hashtag, dude. We talked about champions. We already vented.
0: We already vented about this. We yeah, about champions, you know. Champs they, are champs. They,
1: they, they mean nothing. It, holding a championship means as much as being having a nose in
0: WWE. You gotta, having that little Jack specific championship over man, there in the corner of our room right here that basically means the same that, thing.
1: That championship is worth more because Bret Bret Hart's autograph <laughs> is on it. That's why that that championship means more than United States Champion. It is
0: much more prestigious than the actual United States Championship. So
1: I mean. It's 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 the unfortunate truth these days. That, 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 champs are chumps. You said it best. Champs are chumps. And it wasn't it wasn't even a great match. It wasn't even like, oh, you know, Kalisto lost me Now, not. we've seen it a million that times. It was a great match. Like, no, I mean, this is just rehashed, recycled, re, like, reused. It's... What are, what are you going to do?
0: It also doesn't help that the Rusev-Kalisto feud is just cookie-cutter as shit. Like he- it's very he- basic. Heel
1: babyface champion.
0: Mm, that's it. Done. We'll, we'll talk about the match in a little bit when we get to the predictions, but uh, yeah, I just... Didn't care about the angle or the match. Moving on. So to end the show here with Monday Night Raw, the WWE Women's Championship contract signing with Charlotte, Natalya, Ric Flair, Stephanie, and Shane. Um, I didn't think it was deplorable. The train did go off the tracks at the end there with Rick and him just becoming the central focus of the segment along with the McMahons, which I figured and I feared would be the case. And unfortunately, it was um, a lot better than the Paige and Charlotte well, contract signing, which even, I know is...
1: Don't even remind me.
0: Being the optimist I am, I like to look at the positive. At least it was better than that train wreck of a segment, which also ended Raw back in November, and the whole, oh, your baby brother's dead or whatever, you know, he wasn't a fighting person, was he? Like, whatever that was, it was awful. And at least this was a significant improvement. Not to say this was, you know, it was golden in comparison, but that's Mm. not to say it was a great ending segment. I saw a lot of people saying, as you did, did this have to end Raw? You know, you made the comment, was that really the end of Raw right there, you know? Very strange. Well, yeah,
1: I looked down to check Twitter for half a second, and then all of a sudden, uh, the next show was on. Whatever it was from when I raw, I was like, "Wait, raw raw ended. Raw's over. It's over." <laughs> so that that was that was just how forgettable that segment was. I, the first two things I noticed off the bat is if you're an Italian Neidhart, if you're Natty Neidhart, and you're and you're told by Shane McMahon or even Vince McMahon, you are going to be in the main event segment tonight. You and Charlotte are going to have a contract. Soon. What do you think you'd have have something prepared, or at least not botch the way she did verbally. She she botched twice. For those of you that didn't catch it, she referred to uh, her match with Charlotte at, at, on NXT uh, for the women's championship for the NXT women's championship, and she said that uh, Ric Flair was, was not there. Was not present. And he, he was. He was. She <laughs> also she also called Extreme Rules this Sunday. She called it NXT. So I, those are just two things. I I mean those right there just ruined. The segment for me, yeah. pu- I pulled the curtain up. I it said, "All right, like that's it. Like it, this is already kind of in a manner in which almost reminds me of when Cesaro got that big talking segment last summer.
0: The four ropes the four, thing. The four ropes. Yeah, thing. the final war of 2014. I was here for that. Yeah, but was that that was in the summer? Uh, no, it was the <laughs> final war of 2014. <laughs> they all blend. You're up. botching like Natalia They, they now. all blend. <laughs> in, yeah,
1: I don't, I don't get paid to talk.
0: Though, so. <laughs> that's true. You're not talking in front of millions.
1: But let's be honest. Well, I am millions of your. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh,
0: maybe you are
1: the dozens and dozens of <laughs> grand listeners. I'm just Woo! kidding. There are thousands of you out of there. Thousands. The um, thousands. So if you're gonna if you're gonna be doing that, like if you're gonna be closing the show, you gotta have you know a little more spunk in. you. you gotta be able to 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 avoid those easy mistakes. I mean, yeah. you're not. You've never been in NXT Natalia, so you shouldn't be referring. To the upcoming pay per view as NXT, that's just the easiest thing oh, in the she world.
0: She technically was there, but not as an NXT. Yeah, rookie. but not.
1: Yeah, she, but, I mean, she competed there, but she's never. Yes, she, has she no. ever cut a
0: promo on NXT? Maybe once or twice. All right, well, what even if so, that was like two or three years ago. And, it wasn't like it was last she's, week,
1: and she's been on the main roster for as many years, like almost a decade. That, exactly. So uh, that that's a little that's a little unforgivable in my eyes. But um, I agree. I mean, it is what it is.
0: I do appreciate that they gave them the main event segment. It didn't fit the main event segment. I'm glad they gave them a chance. I don't know how that's going to fare for the future. And like, oh, this it sucked. It, it failed, so we're not going to do it again. Um, I don't know, but I thought it was all right.
1: I don't want to... I really don't want to, like, discredit the girls entirely. No, absolutely. The women, the women excuse me, the women entirely. But imagine if the show went off from the Styles Clash on the chair.
0: That would have been cool. That would have been, been And great. it's also the main event of the pay-per-view. So. Exactly. But, um, before we go off the air with Raw here, um, any thoughts on Villains attacking the New Day and the whole Time Machine segment? Oh, I thought,
1: I thought that was funny. Did you? Know I, I mean? enjoyed
0: it. People were saying, oh, it's a disaster. I thought the Jamaican coffee thing was fucking I, hilarious. I thought that
1: was very comedic. I enjoyed Leave it. Leave
0: me here. 2000 and, 2009 mm. was my best year. That was great. I was dying. I thought that was hilarious. Unfortunately,
1: I think there was too much, um, hot dogging. I think there was too much... Fanfare for the audience there to catch on to that. Yeah. Because I, I think I feel like that would have gone over extremely well had they heard that it was kind of like it was kind of like said as he was being pulled. Back yeah, like the, mumbled. The, yeah, the if you really thing. listened
0: intently, you would have caught so, it. Yeah. Um,
1: so that kind of explains that. I thought it was a good segment. I mean, I enjoyed
0: it for what it was. It's it, New Day. And
1: what the New Day can't come out and say the same things every time. I mean, they have. The and same sometimes ca- they do. They, yeah. have the, they have the same catchphrases, but I mean, I thought it was an interesting change of pace. Made the villains look kind of you know like dicks. So, which is like, good yeah,
0: they sure. helped them Melissa genuine heat yeah. which is yeah, more that than was, I,
1: that, was, that was what we were saying they got legitimate heat I which mean,
0: is more than what could be said for what could have been said for them a month ago
1: yeah exactly I, I did point out that it is the New Day anyone who does anything against the New Day is gonna get heat but that I mean that's that's the way they're booking it which mm-hmm. is fine Yeah, you wanna get the villains' heat put them up against the New Day that's how they get heat
0: Smart booking. Yeah, there you go. Enjoyed the segment. So I thought Ro overall was all right. Good to go home show. Like we said. Speaking of which, Extreme Rules on Sunday, we will run out down our predictions, picks, and previews for the every match on the show. Kicking off with the kickoff show and a no qualification match: Dolph Ziggler taking on Baron Corbin. John, who do you got? This is
1: Baron Corbin's match to win. I mean, it has to be. After losing a payback on the kickoff show, I think this they they've only they only use that to set up Baron Corbin getting hopefully the victory over Dolph Ziggler. But you know what? It screams. Baron Corbin lost the payback. If he wins at Extreme Rules, what's our favorite term? 50-50 booking. And that's, I mean, I I don't know why I couldn't have won it both because Dolph Ziggler doesn't mean anything. The fact that he's beating Dolph Ziggler in the first place (laughs) isn't much of an accomplishment. But I got, better than
0: the social outcast but yeah I know what you mean I've got
1: Baron Corbin uh, over Dolph
0: Ziggler here I said the same thing a month ago or three weeks ago I guess when uh, I said Baron Corbin more so than any other match on the card needs to win here and he lost AJ Styles needs to win a Wrestlemania and he lost so I, I hate to say that there's a trend here but there might be a trend if I say Baron Corbin should and will win and he's gonna lose and also considering he won the last match and Ziggler had this promo on the YouTube channel like uh, I don't deserve to be the underdog I'm not an underdog who fucking cares buddy um, I'll go with Baron Corbin I would not be surprised if Ziggler won it would not shock me at all I feel like not that they've given up on Baron Corbin but I feel like they're trying to make him just like everyone else in the roster when he first arrived he felt like he could be something special
1: he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale at Wrestlemania which
0: at this point means nothing but, but still, I know what you mean it's a, still that's, a big that's accomplishment that's a
1: better rub than just coming on to Monday Night Raw like Apollo Crews did exactly like, no it does he was does. at, he was at right. Wrestlemania and he eliminated Kane
0: in his first ever WWE match there you go I agree but uh, anyway I'll go with Baron Corbin too would not be shocked if Ziggler won but whatever um, after that, for the United States Championship, Kalisto versus Rusev. I got Kalisto. I mean, I could see Rusev winning, only to lose him back to John Cena, which would be hilariously bad. Um, that would be funny in all the wrong ways, but I've got Kalisto here just because Rusev has been dominating for the most part, so Kalisto retains I'll
1: take Kalisto as well. I mean, I don't really want to go too far from the trail on you. I, I, I hope... Uh, that doesn't happen. What you spoke of, Rusev winning just to drop John Cena. I think John Cena is as 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 entertaining as the U.S. Championship Open Challenge is. I think John. I mean, I think that's it's a, time to move on. It's a that's a two thousand fifteen thing. Let's let's see what's new for John Cena. Don't give him the U.S. title. Keep it on Kalisto. Have Kalisto drop it to someone I care about, who is not Rusev, Alexander Rusev.
0: I like Rusev, but I just don't care about him. Again, it's the same thing. A little bit less of the case with with him than Dolph Ziggler, mm-hmm. but. He can be built back up, but how am I supposed to take him as a serious threat when he's losing to car on Raw? Like, how does that work? But did you
1: see, I, I mentioned to, this to you last night, they edited the roll-up from last week. Oh, God. I, I'm sure you all noticed this because you're all smarts like me. Uh, <laughs> Rusev was rolled up for like eight or nine seconds by the, this small little Hunico guy. And uh, he still got pinned. The ref the ref was busy dealing with Lana and came over like eight seconds later and still got the three count. Rusev acted surprised as if he wasn't on his shoulders for like 10 seconds. Yeah. So that that, that kind of just speaks about how this entire program has gone.
0: Been a massive flop for yeah. the most part. It's like I said, basic as hell. I don't really care. But Kalisto? Kalisto. I've got Kalisto as well. For the WWE Tag Team titles, the VOD villains continue for the goal against The New Day. John?
1: This is a tough one. I think that the New Day have been champions since SummerSlam.
0: And we were there. And we were there. We will be there again in 97 more days. We will
1: be there again in 97 more days.
0: No sleep till Brooklyn. 14. No
1: sleep till Brooklyn. I think that to switch things up, ultimately just to get the championships back on the New Day, the Villains will
0: win. I think so. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait wait, a second. What was <laughs> that? I was expecting you never an answer there. I've, so. got, I've
1: got the Villains winning Woo. just to get the titles back on the New Day in a month or two.
0: Okay. I would rather see... I'd be not, I'd be all right with that. The vaudevils have been okay, but I would rather just keep the belts on the new day, just because I want to see them break the record, which I think is eleven months. Okay, so they have to hold the belts until July. But um, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, like I said, new day one when no one expected them to at Extreme Rules last year against the Star One Kid. So who knows? But um, I'll go New Day. You got Villains, a surprising result. I haven't seen anyone say that yet. So well, really?
1: I was—I'm only saying that because I know. I—I well, I, I, obviously, if I say it, I believe it in some capacity. But I knew you were going for New Day, and I wanted to give your listeners yeah, a little bit of a, switch it up, a little bit of a variety up. choice.
0: I like it, and you have logic to it too. You're yeah, not just saying, you know, Vaudevillains not, just to take the opposite answer.
1: villains because Simon Gotch is the greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> no, like I mean, it's—it's it's, there's it's, logic there. It's possible.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. My favorite match in the entire card, other than the main event, no, actually, not even that. The entire, my favorite match in the entire card, period. Okay. For the Intercontinental Championship, a fatal four way match. The Miz defending against Cesaro, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. This is going to be an instant classic. I'll tell you that much right now. I gotta go. I've been, you know, going back and forth with all four guys. I'll go with Cesaro. I think the end game in all of this is Cesaro as Intercontinental Champion. Zayn and Owens, again, I'm happy. I'll be marking out with whoever wins here. Mm Um, but I think it's going to be a great match. It's going to be a great, great match for one of the most prestigious prizes in WWE right now, but again, it's a win-win-win-win for all four guys, but I think Sammy and Owens can continue their feud without the championship. Miz can go back after the belt and money the bank, but I'll go Cesaro here. Now
1: I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. I... I, I, I... I, I am very, not not about who you said, even though I will disagree with you there. Oh! I am very excited for Styles Roman Reigns, and as much as I'm excited for this match, I do think Reigns Styles will steal the show. I do think that will be the best match of the night. But, this match will be a close second, alright, if I if it even is, you know, not the best match of the night. um, So, I got The Miz retaining here, only because if, if, you, if The Miz drops the belt, and he's what, a six-time Intercontinental Champion now?
0: 5 or 6 5 yeah. or 6
1: uh, th- it's just gonna be like any other rain he's ever had just a, a quick 2 month reign drop the bell. Uh so I think that I do think the end game is for Cesaro to grab the strap let's push it back a month let's give let's give the Miz one more month because Lord knows he's gonna, he's gonna go back into obscurity once he once he's, doesn't have the title anymore mm-hmm. like, like they always do with him because they never have anything planned for him after which is so unfortunate but I've got the Miz retaining here and hopefully Cesaro can get it either money in the bank, elimination chamber, what have you.
0: I'd be fine with that. I think Miz retaining would be good. Um he should be kept in the picture, regardless of whether he wins, retains, draw, whatever, on Sunday. He's been so great with Maurice as champion. He's been having the best run of his career ever since the Miz Dow stuff, so it's been really entertaining to watch. So again, I'm happy with whoever wins here. I got Cesaro, John's got Miz. Uh, in An asylum match, which we talked about before, Chris Jericho versus Dean Ambrose. John, who do you got? Well, the biggest question
1: is how much longer is Jericho going to be present with the WWE? Now, you said you told me yesterday that he had, uh, he had, he was advertised for events uh, through August. Was it?
0: August or July through the summer, the through earliest, the summer. Yeah, now, at the very earliest. Now we know that
1: Jericho has a history of getting off television and just working. He loves working live events. He, Only that, that's that's what he loves doing. Exclusively, yeah. Um, because I don't know less pressure. I don't know what I don't know what he loves about that. More money, <laughs> more money at live events maybe.
0: Um, well, it's better to be doing live events stuff than coming back for like a one-off. You that won't mean anything. Like when he came back like back in twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Remember he did the whole thing with Fondango? and then he was with like you know Ryback, punk, and then back like, like random ass feuds exactly yeah. so he doesn't want to do that again I don't know right.
1: well it, it all depends on how, long, how much longer he's going to be on television if he is not on Monday Night Raw next Monday like he's done with television I got Ambrose but I think if you want this to be a great rivalry and have this go until Money in the Bank as it could you you have you have Jericho get one over on Ambrose, on, which unfortunately is just the culture that Ambrose that surrounds Ambrose, which is losing. But I think that because this is Ambrose's match, the uh, everyone has the odds on Ambrose to win. This is your asylum match. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Jericho win the asylum match, and then maybe have uh, an I Quit match at Money in the Bank or where, wherever have you.
0: I can uh, see that happening. So
1: I, but so my my answer really um is dependent. And whether Jericho's leaving after Extreme Rules or whether he's staying on a couple more weeks, mm-hmm. so if I mean this is kind of a cop out, but ultimately I'm going to go Chris Jericho winning here.
0: I'll go Dean Ambrose because I think this feud is done past this point. Okay. I think it's the best way to kick off or rather end the feud. And uh, I think Ambrose should go over strong in two consecutive pay per views. He needs it right now. I mean, he lost at WrestleMania and every other pay per view for like the last year. I know he beat Owens like at you know TLC and Royal Rumble, but. He needs momentum right now, and I think two wins over Jericho will definitely reestablish him as a you know a force to be reckoned with going into hopefully the wWE title picture going into the summer. I would hope so um so I'll go Dean Ambrose here after that for the women's championship, Charlotte versus Natalia a submission match. I gotta go Charlotte here. I could see them giving Natalia her fifteen minutes of fame whatever um with a brief title run before dropping it back, you know a lot like what you said with mm-hmm. you know the new day and vaude villains. I just think the money is not keeping the belt long-term on Charlotte. Yep. And I think that should be the long-term plan going into SummerSlam where she faces Sasha, hopefully. So I gotta go Charlotte here. I'm
1: also gonna agree with you. I got Charlotte going over on this. She is the first ever WWE Women's Champion in quotation marks. Um, she's not... She's like the... Fiftieth
0: woman <laughs> doesn't uh, carry the same lineage, unfortunately. Oh, whatever. In N- Website, name. it is. It's if the same it belt. Looks
1: like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It's a duck.
0: It's probably the women's title. All
1: right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got Charlotte going over on this. I think that, like you said, the smart money is that she's she's the greatest heel in a long time.
0: She's come a long way.
1: I, I re- I've enjoyed her since the summer, since last summer, excuse me. So um, I've got Charlotte going over on this. Hopefully. Uh, to go into maybe uh, a Sasha Banks' program this summer.
0: Hopefully, hopefully there's no shenanigans, no bullshit, no fucking Montreal I'll screw you out for the millionth time. That was eye-rolling. Um, but anyway, getting back to the main event, Roman Reigns versus AJ Styles, an Woo! Extreme Rules match for the, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. The biggie. The biggie with the big guy versus yeah. the phenomenal one, John, who is walking out of Newark as the WWE World Heavyweight Champion.
1: Well, Graham, he's not a big guy. He's not a small guy. He's an average size. guy. <laughs> He's, just, he's, he's the Goldilocks dude he, every, Everything's just down the middle Just right with Roman Reigns um, I'm gonna be straight up with you Graham I got Roman Reigns retaining here <laughs>
0: but, So do I
1: But not in the fashion that you think so Uh oh Book it, baby. Book it. I'm going to. Unfortunately, I'm putting my freaking neck out on the line for the millionth time. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna have egg on my face so hard when this doesn't happen because Lord knows I booked like the last six pay per views to have Roman <laughs> Reigns turn heel, and it's not happening. But I'm gonna book him heel until he freaking turns heel. I've got Roman Reigns utilizing the help of Luke Gallows, Doc Gallows, and uh, Carl. Excuse me, Luke Gallows and Carl. Yeah, you're yeah,
0: right. You're right. It is Luke. Doc. So Festus, Whatever. It, I, I would rather go with Doc just because when Luke Harper gets back, we're going to have two Lukes. Two Lukes. And
1: he was also Luke Gallows with CM Punk.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't I understand why he's Luke Gallows, mm-hmm. but like when Luke, I don't know. I feel like Doc Gallows sounds cooler. Doc right
1: Gallows now. does sound cooler, but keep I, the gallows name. My, my main concern is that he was Luke Gallows with CM Punk, and I don't know if they're trying to say, I don't know if they want to acknowledge that he they was. They really just,
0: haven't acknowledged that at so all. So that's
1: why I think it's easier to go with Doc Gallows.
0: Yeah, exactly. Back, I don't um, know.
1: But I hopefully Roman Reigns utilizes the club, reveals himself as the leader of the club Maybe the Roman Club—they'll call it. I don't know what they'll do. The Roman Empire. The Roman Empire. How, That's that, that you know? wasn't my idea, by the way. Well, sure. They've been—they've been touting that for how long now? But uh, yeah, the Roman Empire have you know, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson on the side, and then you know, have them ride high as the, the modern NWO, maybe. All right, make, <laughs> make them look like they're a Ooh, tight, sweet. make them look like they're a tight niche group, and then later this summer, who comes up from NXT? but Finn Balor and then you have Gallows and Anderson switch back over to Balor as the rightful Balor Club, all right? And then and that's it. But but when Roman Reigns, Gallows and Anderson are all a group, you know who they you know what this the 6-man tag team match you book for freaking SummerSlam? I don't know. Whenever you want to book this, it's AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Versus Roman Reigns, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows. So, sh- uh, remnants of the Shield versus remnants of the Bullet Club. and that I, I can't think of any better way to go into this summer. But if if I'm if I'm saying this, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so likely Stardust will come out, kiss Roman Reigns on the lips, and then AJ Styles will pin him because Roman Reigns is surprised he's got kissed on the lips.
0: Hashtag book it.
1: That's what's going to happen.
0: Hashtag don't book that's it. That's my it...
1: actual prediction right there. Stardust is going to happen. <laughs>
0: So, Roman Reigns, despite all, despite it all, will walk out still the world champion. Yes, sir. I've got the same prediction. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't think Roman Reigns is going heel. Um, I would love to see a Balor interference, which is not unlikely, by the way. Because I know, you know, when KO got called up, he still competed that takeover. But he was a heel regardless. I feel like Balor would be a heel if he got called up. And he would be a babyface in NXT. I don't know how they would do it. But still, I've got Roman Reigns walking out here as champion. I would love to see AJ win. But I just don't think it's in the cards right now. Hopefully hold it down. Hold it off on it for a little while longer, maybe in a match with John Cena. That'd be amazing. If that we if we can get that at SummerSlam, Roman Reigns and Rollins, Shane and Triple H, just all these marquee matches, it could be a hell of a show.
1: Lesnar Cesaro. Please, please give it to me.
0: Yes, or Lesnar Owens too. I would love to see.
1: No. <laughs> You know they ruined that, right? You know they ruined Lesnar Owens. With the brawl? With the brawl, when he suplexed
0: Owens. No one remembers that. Yeah, I do. I remember Bray that, but... Bray Wyatt,
1: Bray Wyatt was on the outside of the ring during that. So... Oh,
0: no, that was, yeah, earlier this year, but also the brawl last year. I know you're talking oh, about.
1: Oh, I'm talking about this year. No, yeah, when, yeah, yeah, when yeah, Lesnar yeah. was suplexing and everyone Right before the, the ring, Rumble, right Owens before the Rumble. It was like the second guy that got He was like suplexed. a schmuck, yeah. So I was like, all right, we don't care about you. you get suplexed. <laughs> And then you got Bray Wyatt sitting on the outside. Like, no, protect him. Yo, Kevin Owens could fight God, man. He's the man, all right? And the fact that they don't care. They don't care about Lesnar. Obviously. I
0: feel you. Um, I feel you. I feel you. Maybe Wyatt Lesnar. We could see that, uh, which wouldn't be bad. So but. Wyatt
1: can lose again. Yay! Yay! Woo-hoo! Wyatt loses,
0: LOL. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah? Cena wins, LOL. Wyatt wins. Not <laughs> Um. But anyway, so moving forward here, that is it for Extreme Rules on Sunday. I think it's going to be a very good show. I will be there in attendance... <gasps> With uh, Mr. Marceau, RJ, got us tickets. I can't wait for it. Should be great. You and I will be at SummerSlam in three short months and you only got a 97 busy more days. Summer coming up, my it's going to be a very busy summer. No sleep till Brooklyn Part 2 kicks off right now. And hopefully Raw as well. We got the tickets in place. If you're free that Monday, you're well. You're more than you know. Welcome to join me as well.
1: You wait. You have the tickets to Raw.
0: Yeah, I got the tickets to Raw and SummerSlam. Ram,
1: what the hell? You I thought we discussed about, this you didn't on the tell podcast. Me about Raw. Just
0: SummerSlam. It just told me SummerSlam. No, I go? talked about SummerSlam and Raw, or maybe a out afterwards. But about, I got Raw tickets. How too. much do I owe you? Uh I gotta. I gotta look it up. Come but on. If If you want to go to Raw, you don't have to. But I want to Raw, are you <laughs> I me? go to Raw, to Raw. I wanna I know the I wanna... SummerSlam tickets are the same price they were last year. Whatever that was, hundred eighty. Buck 80, yeah. Buck, yeah. No, not buck 80. Buck 30? Yeah, it wasn't buck 80. Okay, my bad. It's like buck 30, yeah. It wasn't 180, yeah, know. But Raw's, like, a lot cheaper, I think. We'll see. I'll let Woo! you know the price, but it's going to be a great summer, Mr. Andre uh, Napolitano. The Giants,
1: Andre the Giant's going to rise from the dead on Raw, and they're yeah. going to do a, a Triple H versus Andre <laughs> angle where Triple H buries him.
0: Yes. <laughs> Hashtag book it. Buries
1: Barry, his ghost.
0: Don't forget that the post slim Raw last year was the best Raw of the year. Arguably. Are, I would say, yeah. I mean, there is some, there is some argument there, but Dudley Boys came back. That entire summer
1: was great. Grandma. It was. And I, I, think see, it's I be, see your argument. Sting making that big reveal under the curtain.
0: Deadly Boys come back. Deadly
1: Boys coming back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Speaks for itself. I can't wait for it. it's going to be a great show. Great show on Sunday and a great summer yeah. for. The bookings, baby. Go. We're gonna be meeting up multiple times over the next couple months. Today, hopefully next month, in July and August, as Summerslam gets closer. So, as always, Mister Nap, you've got your cheap plugs. Oh my cheap plugs, guys! Follow me on Twitter
1: at jnapsringwrap. At jnapsringwrap. J N A P S R I N G W R A P. That that handle might be changing in the near future. Uh-oh. I, might to, I might have to change it. So Subject to change. I'll keep you guys posted. I, I'm I'm big on changing the handle. Gotta switch it up, you know. But uh, so that's where you can find me on Twitter. And as always, my articles are on wrestling.net. For this big guy next to me, Graham, your turn.
0: Well, hopefully, I'm looking forward to another article from you in the near future. <laughs> yes, sir. I know you're working on stuff. You spoiled some stuff yesterday in hashtag, which I did not edit out, by the way. I showed you that, but Don't I did watch not. watch hashtag. <laughs> Speaking of which, John did join me on Monday night for uh, hashtag SGSM, a blockbuster episode, the longest episode ever. Article Chris Jericho. Almost two hours in length. A Ooh. lot of great audio, a lot of great content. So check it out. And that's about it. Follow me on the Twitter machine at WrestleRant on Facebook at facebook.com matthews and right here every single Tuesday for new episodes of WrestleRant Radio Tuesdays are the day that the show is uploaded. So like I said John, I will catch you down the road to SummerSlam. Oh yeah. And everyone else like I said I'll be there in Sunday at the Prudential Center at Newark, New Jersey for Extreme Rules. If you're there, give me a shout out holler at me and hopefully we can meet up before the show. So For Mr. John Napolitano, I'm Graham Jason Matthews, and we'll catch you folks down the road. Peace out!